0: I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Football, by the hell.
1: Hey guys welcome back to the Miss United podcast with Liz and Amy. Today we have a guest on the show so please welcome Radia as we cover the 2-1 win over PSG as well as the 0-0 draw against Chelsea. We'll talk about United's financials as well as preview the upcoming games against Leipzig and Arsenal so catch us on the other side of the break.
0: So, guys, we have a guest joining us today. Please welcome Radia. Hi, Radia. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you
2: guys? We're good. We're good. So, are you excited to be here? Yeah, I'm like I've been invited on the Graham Norton show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Paris. Yeah. What are your three Paris words
2: reviews?
1: Mine is "Is he say Manchester?" Because I am basic and couldn't think of anything <laughs> else.
2: I think mine was Aaron Wambasaka. He was good. Yeah. yeah, he was really good. Yeah, considering
0: and what lead. happened on Monday. Yeah, he had
2: a <laughs> he had a <laughs> busy week. He had a really
0: interesting week. Amy, what's your three-word review? Mine was 2-1-Xavi. Oh, yeah. Axel was good. Axel was great. We had two people ask me send in theirs. At May X-Y-O-O, I don't know how to say it, It says Mbappe Neymar who? And... at Benjamin Green said tactics spot on um, mm-hmm. um. <laughs> yeah we're gonna talk about this we're
2: gonna talk about this I was really expecting to be like destroyed so I was pleasantly
1: surprised very pleasantly surprised on last week's show when we were predicting the score Amy was just like oh well I hope it's on another 6-1 I was just like what if it's a 7-1 yeah. <laughs> what if it's worse than that so I'm I'm very surprised that we not only won, but we looked like we were in control for most of the game. Yeah.
0: It was a shock. But to be fair, PNG had a very weak squad. Mid- the midfielder wasn't there.
2: Varati was gone and that he's like the main part of their midfield. Like, without him, does anyone know the rest of their midfielders? No.
1: Their midfield is very mid-table, primarily midfield. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel bad saying that because they're a great side, but without their star players, their second team is... Mm. No, okay. we can't even name, like, I couldn't even think of a name. Even the no, even
2: their fullback, like, um, Kimpembe and... The other guy, Marquio- Marquinhos? Marquinhos. 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 That's the Marquinhos. one. Them two, the only two like defenders that they had in Marquinhos was out, so. Yeah, was we had-
0: instead of
1: him, I think. Yeah, he was I, defending I no against days. Marcus. Like, imagine. Which, <laughs> I mean, we struggled, though, initially. There was a point where PSG actually looked like they were in it. And yeah. Dave was keeping us in it. And he had a good game overall. Yeah. I guess we could start with our ratings for the players. This is something we're doing that's new, where we're going to give them a rating out of 10.
0: Okay, let's start okay. with Dave, because we were talking about him anyways. Yeah. I gave him a 9, because it was really solid. Like, there's you couldn't fault him for anything. So. Yeah, I gave him a 9 as well and I just wrote the hay of the past is
2: back because it mm. felt like we were back in 1718 again at yeah, times it did I gave him an 8
1: just because I was a little bit harder <laughs> <laughs> on everyone because we can't let the men get too much credit Obviously. for the misbehaving again yeah. I wrote that he made several great saves and he looks close to his best yeah. and I think combined with Newcastle and even Chelsea overall he's had A good week which is which is nice because I mean if we get Pete De Gea back at the very least we have one less worry
2: I think I don't remember if you said it in last week's podcast or you meant you mentioned it that the chaotic defense that we have now is just like brought him back to his best like he needs the chaos in order to just like his focus is switch on yeah
1: yeah I feel like last season he kind of got a little he relaxed a bit yeah he was just kind of like okay Maguire Lindelof it's better than Jones and Smalling which it is, but... but... No, I'm, I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking. It is better than Jones and Wong, but I think with them kind of out of focus, De Gea is now more in the zone. It was even, in the even during the Spurs game, I really honestly think
2: if it wasn't for De Gea, it would have been like 12 nil. So even that like, you can't give him credit, that much credit because he did let six goals in, but he's the reason it wasn't like a record loss, so it's that oh, something God. i guess he's been i would say in our
1: top three players this season which doesn't say much because we've Be been bad <laughs> yeah so axel i gave him an eight because i'm being a little harsh but i think he's probably in the eight nine range I, I gave a
2: thousand <laughs>
1: well yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> in comparison to what center back performances we've seen over the last year i honestly think i wasn't that far off a, an accurate number but like in reality i would have said like
1: an 8.59 i mean he looked like our best defender by a country yeah
0: while. yeah i gave him an eight as well i mean to be fair that performance is a 10 out of 10 just taking in the fact that he's been out for 10 months and it's his first game back and he just pockets mbappe like it's nothing yeah yeah. Looking at
2: his stats last season was crazy. He started, I think he started like two Premier League games. One was a loss to Newcastle and the other was the draw to Arsenal and he wasn't even playing in his right position. And for him to just start two Premier League games and come back and do this, it was actually like my mind is still blown. It's been like five days now and I'm still in shock. Yeah,
0: he was really good. I remember
1: the season that Villa came out of and Axel was on loan to them. Yeah. I remember a lot of Villa fans talking about how like he was central to it even though he was injured for four or five months of that season anyways but he there's such a great defender there and if he just stays fit for a lengthy period of time we have something there and with Maguire I think they would balance each other out better than Maguire and Lindelof would or you know even Lindelof and Axel would probably balance each other out pretty well so I really hope this is a pattern and he'll finally start getting game time consistent game time which which I know we'll talk about it when we talk about Chelsea, but I was pretty frustrated that he didn't yeah. play. Yeah. Uh, Lindelof. I gave him a 6 because I didn't notice him, which is is a good thing because I don't like noticing <laughs> Lindelof because usually when I notice something is going wrong. I gave him a 7 because
2: yeah. I thought he was pretty solid, but he didn't do anything outstanding, but he was like solid through the
0: entire game, which is good,
1: Yeah,
0: I guess, for a centre back. Yeah, I gave him a 7 as well. He was solid. He had a solid week victory this week.
2: I think he won one yeah. of the matches yesterday. Did he? I think so. I'm not 100% sure. I wasn't caring about Man United after the game ended, so <laughs> that could be a lie, but I think he actually did.
1: You know, like, no one deserves Man United yeah. yesterday because I mean, from both they teams, so that, that was, was... bad. Shaw, sure, I gave him a 6 as well, just because I-, I don't remember him doing anything wrong, but I don't remember him doing anything right. Kind of. The issue with him in a nutshell, yep. his good games are games where he doesn't do anything wrong, which isn't it's not very I like doesn't
2: put a lot of confidence
0: in us
1: no I gave him a six as well solid but
2: did he do anything like if
0: he wasn't there I wouldn't have realized I gave him a 6.5 he did one really good clearance that would have gone and it was a tap in for Mbappe and he just stuck his leg out I feel like he plays better when he's just focused on defending rather than going forward he didn't go forward that much because of Teddy's, no, but I
1: actually I have a lot on this and it's probably just that he looks better when he's playing that yeah, yeah. at the back than he does as, like, an actual fullback, which is pretty interesting. But also, I read a tweet somewhere that, that Luke Shaw looks like a player who's, like, super talented but hates yes. what he does. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it I is. I don't know
2: who I tweeted. Re- I remember seeing that as well. It's something like, he looks like he doesn't want to play football. Like, he looks like he has the ability to do it because we've seen that he can sometimes care
1: but it doesn't look like he cares, which is kind of sad in a way. It it makes me sad because I know there was a season there before the leg break where he looked really good. I wonder if it's a combination of him, like that leg break was pretty horrible and he was out for a very long time. And then by the time he came back, there was Mourinho who destroyed any amount of confidence he had. So I wonder if it's a combination of him just not feeling good anymore, which it's sad. Um, Aaron wan Wan I thought he was amazing. I gave him a nine. I thought just for the
2: recent, Definitely, definitely since like after the restart he hasn't been his best and it's kind of frustrating in a way but I just kind of let it go because he played so many games last season but I feel like this is the one we saw like in December time like City home and away when he just absolutely pocketed Sterling but he did it with Neymar and Mbappe this time around it was really quite amazing to watch it was so satisfying to watch actually just like just knocking them
1: over it's really like it's kind of hot <laughs> well yeah personal deficiency aside from that morning i think the fact that he got everything together and was like super focused and he had a really good game and i think this game particularly was It showcased what he's good at. I know a lot of people get on his case for not doing the things he's not good at better than he does, if that makes sense. We don't have Trent. That's not the player that we bought. What Wanda is good at, he does well most of the time. And he hasn't post-restart, which what you just said, he's been kind of iffy but this was one of those matches where everything that he's actually very good at he's done exceptionally well. I, I gave him an 8.5 out of 10.
0: I gave him an 8. Yeah he had a good game. I feel like he really shines in these games where he just like throws himself down on a challenge. Like he likes going that 1v1 and he really does well and we know that he does well in these kind of situations he just needs to improve other areas of his game. I think the biggest issue I found with him during his
1: Spurs game was his positional sense is usually pretty great and in that match he was just all over the place so i'm glad that he got that under control for this one.
0: to be honest after the news broke Uh, that morning i was like oh god because
2: obviously i thought it was going to not like put a lot of pressure on him because it's after something like that happens he has to perform because he's kind of brought it upon himself i thought no this is like a perfect situation for him to mess up but he didn't he actually did the opposite which you know if you've read the messages that we that were released like I don't think he particularly cared about anything that happened. He just wanted to do his job. I, yeah, I
1: mean, he was getting trolled yeah. on Twitter. Like, everything he tweeted, the replies were just... It was almost deserving, yeah. in a way. Like, I know we're not going to talk about it because we shouldn't talk about it, but in a way, I'm just like, you kind of bought this onto yeah. yourself. Like, that was a mess and you're going to get trolled for it. Uh, I'm glad on the point yeah. he's um, keeping his shit together. Um at seven. His craft yeah. is brilliant. And I'm, I'm so glad that we have Someone that can cross he
2: created the, the most chances well. in the first half, like yeah. which is mad. It was his first like start, his debut, and he did so well. Like Against PSG, I thought it's not an easy team. Yeah, I was and he looked brilliant. good in the Zebra kit.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, it was a 7.5 <laughs> 7. for me, and the point five was just because he looked really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we finally have a player that's objectively attractive. I mean, a lot of our players Axel. are very attractive, but he's going <laughs> to...
2: Yeah. We saw Axel and Tedders on the same pitch together. For that, I feel like we won anyway.
0: And Sir Marcus Rashford. Uh,
2: Scott Mm -hmm. (laughs) McConaughey. I gave him a seven, but I want to change it now because obviously, but like, he was good against PSG. Like, he did what he had to do, which was just run a man down, just knock them, stop any attack. He did, you know, have a few fights with Neymar but it was kind of satisfying to watch at point so yeah he did he did well like that kind of game is built for him when he just has to just doesn't have to really think about the football he just has to think about
1: hurting people (laughs) (laughs) I gave him a seven and the only note I have was tackles energetic which yeah he he ran around a lot and he clattered Neymar and yeah, yeah fine I don't. I don't know what (laughs) Santa Holiday does. Like every week, I say the exact same thing. I don't know what he does. That's the
2: thing. He doesn't. In games where you have to hold possession and actually create and do stuff. He's a little bit useless because he's messy on the ball and his passing is just not up to scratch. But in the PSG game, we—I don't think they were planning on holding much possession. I don't know how much we actually had in the end. Those are the games when he thrives. That's when his like strong points are shown through. But those games are very few of them in a season. So the fact that he started three games in a week and only one of them he actually was suited to really bothers me a bit. But. You
0: know, we had thirty nine percent possession just for you to know, so we didn't, we did not have that yeah. much possession. We had more yeah. than I thought we did, to be honest. Um, yeah, I gave him a seven as well. The only thing I have is, how the hell did he play? one half with a contact missing
2: yeah that freaks I me even out walk like from one place how did his contact fall out of his eye like did he get ripped out by Neymar like did Neymar just like stick his finger in his eye and just like let me just take the contact
1: contacts fall I out I have got glasses like, I so I have no like, idea how contacts no, they do. work oh okay. <laughs> oh fair enough yeah they fall out they fall out. Yeah, I once lost it on like a tennis court. I lost a contact lens on a tennis
0: court, and yeah, once I lost out it in training, but it was like there was no contact. It just I don't know, it disappeared. But yeah, it freaked me out how he could do that if it's like like he can't see without the contacts. Like I and don't. he was
2: better in the second half, which probably makes sense now.
0: Yeah, he started off really shaky. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's actually even weirder because if you have both of them out, it's okay because both of your eyes are kind of on the like, of but. Plane of like yeah visual. yeah when you have one in and one out it's just it, it's like really shocking and you don't know how to like make sense of anything you're saying. Fred, I gave him a nine. I think he was man of the match, which is the funniest thing in the world because Chelsea happened like <laughs> a few days later.
2: I gave him an 8.5 and I just wrote another Champions League masterpiece because he just is so good in the Champions League. I feel like he was good against PSG away the first time round and then he was really good. I feel like... I can't remember the Barcelona games because I actually have a raise though from my memory. But I feel like he was decent against Barcelona as well. And then he was good in the Europa League last season. But the Fred that we see in Europe and the Fred we see in the Premier League are two different players,
0: I think. Yeah, I gave him a nine as well. He was my man of the match, which is very weird considering the Chelsea performance. He was probably one of the worst players on the field. He just likes Paris.
1: It, It reminds me of before we bought Fred. It was when he was still playing in Russia. I think it was a match against, I forgot who, it might have been a match against Madrid or City. One of those two. And apparently that was the match that made us want to buy him and also made Pep and City consider buying him. It goes back to him, for some reason, always shining in the Champions League. Which I guess maybe is a stylistic
0: difference, but I don't really, I don't know what it is. Bruno. Seven, he wasn't that involved. He fluffed up that pass um, we should have passed when he should have shot. Sorry, and he missed the initial pen. Hmm. He, he had an okay game. He wasn't. I mean, you'd expect Bruno to be a lot more involved.
1: I gave him a seven, which I think is a little bit generous. I. Th- I mean, he scored the penalty, and like the funny thing about Bruno is, even if he's having a god awful game, he's gonna pull in some kind of numbers that just masks the fact that he had a bad game. So I don't. I don't think he had a bad Bruno game. game. A, it it did freak me out though when he missed the penalty. If he missed two time, penalties. Because, like, did, yeah, it
2: we, we break season penalties him? in a row? I think I would have just stopped watching football, but it was. I'm so thankful it was retaken because I could not imagine him like when he's got he's he like, was a captain as well to miss the penalty. People would have gone for his head if we didn't win that game.
1: It's because we everyone's yeah. calling him Penandes, and now. Two in a row, I would have freaked out. I'm just. There's
2: only one thing I have written. Is
1: did you see he did like a rainbow flick
2: over Neymar? Yeah, I
1: really. Yeah, I saw
2: that. I
1: saw Jeff. I really like that. I don't
2: know why. I just feel like it's funny that he did that over the guy who kind of like made
1: rainbow flicks his thing. Um, Neymar and Mbappe didn't have good games. Like, in general. They were a bit flat, which I guess goes into the fact that their midfield wasn't doing much. Di Maria wasn't doing much. So Uh, we kind of... It was like the perfect storm, kind of. We got... PSG weren't good. We were kind of on it for most of the match. So it kind of worked out. I'm going to combine Rashford and Martial for me, um, into one because I kind of scored them similarly. I gave Martial a six and Rashford a seven because I think Rashford scored, which is very good. But for most of the match, they were like... Miles apart, and like not on the safe wavelength, like they weren't physically too close by on the pitch, but they were like mentally like completely off each other for some reason. And it was a bit disappointing from them for most of the match. But obviously, they both have contributions. Like Maxi the penalty, Which was nice and…
2: <laughs> we'll pretend it didn't <laughs> happen. Okay, we'll pretend it… Pretend- well, yeah, I'm just ignoring that. I have to say, his <laughs> own goal was… It was a yeah. good header. If it was on the other side of the it was a really strong performance, like a really good goal from him. <laughs>
1: he doesn't score a lot of head- headers though. Mm. No, but I don't, I don't think so. against yeah. Chelsea. There's another one, Watford maybe last season. There's like a really good one, and I think that was the first one he's ever scored. It was like weird. Yeah. One um, thing I thought is, is that they had off.
2: chances, but they weren't taking them. It felt like they kept passing to each other. When you should have just shot and just hope the best. Like it was really frustrating. Like there was chance. There was there was a time when Rashford was through on goal, and instead of shooting, he just tries to pass to Martial, and I just I wanted to scream at my TV because it was a one one at the time. I think. Yeah, I think it was one one at the time. It was it was really frustrating.
0: Yeah, it was a really it was a really, really quiet performance from both of them. I mean, Rashford he redeemed himself with the goal, and he had a couple of chances where it was just easier, but he just didn't go for it. And Martial was just not his night. I mean, he did well for the pen, and that's about it.
1: I don't actually have ratings for substitutes. If oh, Paul
0: both.
1: I gave him an A. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he was only on for, like, 20 yeah. minutes, but created the most. Yeah. And he got the assist in the end. That. What about Ollie? Yeah. Do you have a rating for him? So, <laughs> six. Six and a mm-hmm. half. I do have notes on that, actually. I, this is exactly what I typed up. I, I said, I will say that Ollie was particularly bold with his team selection. I thought bringing on Pongbo when PSG retiring was a good idea. And I think the gamble was smart because PSG didn't have most of their starting eleven. And in the end it worked out, which I think is what my whole thought is. I don't think Ollie was particularly brilliant or inventive or anything that reflects on him as a manager in the long run. But I think in that moment he took a chance and he it worked out.
2: Yeah. I feel like
1: that's my Ollie, Ollie
2: take kind of games when he has to just he knows he's not going to hold possession and just go on the counter we've known we've known for a while now that he can do it like counter-attacking really suits like the players we have and it works for us like we've won multiple games in this position it's never been a a case of when can Oli beat the big teams it's always been well he can beat the big teams it's the fact that he can't beat Brighton that's well we beat Brighton (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> almost uh, we almost was, was didn't like, beat brighton um, you can't beat crystal palace for example you know those like if you can't beat crystal palace but you can beat psg like there's an issue there still the
1: thing with ollie is there's never a trend there's never anything that i can say that this reflects on this because say we played very well against newcastle which we did We we, we played okay it doesn't mean anything because a week later we're going to play absolutely terribly against Chelsea. Like, there's never yeah. a pattern to what we do. It's Each match exists in this weird, like, like there's no
2: Like, there's chance. no consistency. Like, he just each each right match it is its own individual game. Like, no, no momentum, nothing is going to happen after the game. Like, we can talk about PSG, but Chelsea's a complete, it was a, a complete vault fast. Like, the game, it was, I can't even explain. The two teams, they were so similar as well and yet completely different games in how they performed and what they actually did on the pitch. <laughs> I think
1: that's like oh, a yeah. transition. Actually, we can take a break now and talk about Definitely. Chelsea. We have to yeah. talk about that. So catch us on the other side of the break. So Radia, what
2: was your
0: three-word review for the Chelsea game?
2: Justice for Donny. <laughs>
1: Liz. I can't believe it didn't start. Uh, mine is watching paint dry. Yeah,
0: yeah, mine was weird shit. So yeah, stick yeah, to the point, <laughs>
1: quick and easy. I will say though, we had more shots than Chelsea, and more shots on target. So
0: I want more about- shit. I want, Ke- want Keppel back. I want Keppel back for many reasons. To be fair, Mindy almost passed it to his own net, yeah. so... <laughs>
2: that, if we won on his own goal by hit their goalkeeper, it would have been so poetic. Unfortunately, it did not happen.
1: It's kind of funny, though. Chelsea have not been good this season, and everyone was expecting them to be so much better, and they're okay. But I find it weird that they conceded three goals to who? Southampton and West, West Brown. Brown West yeah. Virginia, and we... We couldn't even score against them. We had four shots
0: on target. <laughs> like to be fair, we've said that Chelsea are very top heavy, but they didn't really target anything. Yeah, they didn't do anything up front. So, which is weird. I feel like both teams were like holding back. Like Chelsea
2: has won two games this season. It's
0: the same as us, no?
2: Yeah. How same many did as- we won?
0: Two.
2: Brighton and Newcastle. Newcastle, They've only beat Crystal Palace and um, Brighton as well. And Barnsley
1: in the Carabao Cup, but that doesn't really count, so... Um, a freaky stat is we both had 582 passes and we had we both had 83% accuracy, both teams. So yeah. I guess a nil-nil draw feels almost fitting considering both teams were equally dreadful throughout the whole time. It's just nothing happened. I mean, there was nothing
2: happened. There's nothing to talk about because nothing happened.
0: Yeah, and that's what happens when you start Fred and McTominay. Against a team that doesn't hold possession very well. Yeah. That's, I mean, Donny should have started. Yeah. I get why Pogba didn't. But Donny should have for sure. Yeah, I think. Can it- you explain why Pogba didn't? Though, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, it's fine. Because when he was like just diagnosed with COVID, we're just recovering from COVID. He was starting every match, but now I don't get it. like That's he what seems I don't fit you now.
1: Like he looks fit. He was the best player in the second half against PSG. I I don't I don't know why he's not starting and why people are like oh yeah this is the right decision because I don't we look better when he's playing. So yeah, he I'm, came I'm very on,
2: confused. Him and Donny coming on against because before him and Donny came on against Newcastle, it was still one one. They came on and yeah. we scored three goals. PSG, Pogba comes on and he assists the winner. Then Chelsea comes. Let's put Scott and Fred back in the team when they did nothing against Newcastle. They were only good against PSG because of the specific style of game. New Chelsea have not been good, but Oli went with such a went with a really defensive, a quite a safe lineup, which obviously did not pay off in the end. They didn't even have a lot of shots on target for it for them to have scored. So, what was the point? in
1: the end if that makes sense and it's not just like McTominay and, and Fred starting we have Mata and Daniel, <laughs> Daniel James in, James,
2: like, in the what, in what October 2020 on? our front line was Daniel James Marcus Rashford as a striker and Juan Mata and Mata actually I won't lie Mata's probably been like our best player this season weirdly yeah. one of our best players this season but like we should have you know we had people on the bench the bench was so good the bench was amazing and then the starting lineup existed. What did Tellus do that Shaw gets the nod ahead of him? I think Tellus has a, had a twisted ankle. I read, I saw a rumor okay. saying oh. that makes sense why he was
0: out. But still, okay, that that's yeah. I mean, and I guess I think he's gonna stick with like uh, he's gonna pick some players that are gonna always play in the Champions League, and he's gonna pick some players that are gonna play for the Premier League for now. Because if we're gonna have like back to back games, we can't yeah. be the same way that it was at the end of. Last season, because obviously we're gonna be exhausted by the end of it. But yeah,
1: I mean, Frank Lampard dropped Mason Mount, and ollie still can't drop Daniel James. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on with some of the decision making at the club.
0: Do we think that Mason, Uh, like, do you know how it was said that he had like some behavioral problems? Was went and said it was a complete false. Like, he's always on time mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that but I then he doesn't he drops him for PSG and he doesn't play for bench. Chelsea mm-hmm. I
2: think there was the other rumor was that he's been ill which probably makes a bit more sense like either way I don't understand like I feel like he should have started the Chelsea game he would have if he had been on at least him and Rashford could have linked up a bit and especially because Rashford got had a knock early on the game on his problem ankle as well which I think affected his performance for the rest of the match yeah. If Mason was on, maybe that wouldn't have been much of an because he was like the only person in the front line who really pushes forward. Even because Daniel James, I'm sorry, but he's useless. And Mata, he plays more in the midfield rather than as a winger. He cuts in a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm actually really confused about Mason because if the rumors that he's ill are true, I, I wish Ollie would clarify that because he didn't actually say that. Yeah. It's just rumors. You know, the press reporting it. Just <laughs> tell us what's going on. And I think that lack of transparency leads to other rumors yeah. being built around a lot of players. It's not just Mason, but it happened with Marcial, it happens with Pogba. There's a pattern yeah. here, but it, it happens with certain players where if we don't get the clear. Like when, um, yeah, on New, Year's, on New Year's
2: Day, when Pogba, everyone was thinking he was going to start against Arsenal. And then in the morning, Pogba put a video up about him in his car or something. Everyone, you know, and we had Ryan Giggs talking about how how can he l- listen to you know a religious talk and not play his game? Like he comes up with absolutely absurd people. If absurd thing turns out, he needed surgery on his ankle. If stuff like that had been clarified before the game, we wouldn't have stupid reports like that being put
1: out. Exactly. So yeah, I, I, feel, I find it very strange that immediately like mason doesn't play for two games and oh he has behavioral issues like why are we we saying that about him i know what happened in iceland but no one's saying that about yeah
2: and people they were the original rumor was just from random twitter account who said mason greenwood and brandon williams were out drinking but then brandon williams was on the bench but mason greenwood was not so why would that rumor even be true if why is mason being punished and not brandon williams that clearly, that Twitter account
1: was just trying to get some clout or something along those lines. Whatever it is, I hope Mason comes back because I can't, I can't deal with getting starting another Premier League game. I'm, I'm sorry, he's a nice kid, but he should have <laughs> gone to Leeds. Yeah,
2: he would have yeah. been so good there. Is there anything to say? De Gea had a good game. He didn't yeah. really do anything. I, he, he, had like he, one, had, he had one he shot. Saved, yeah, he saved one shot, which was good.
0: Um, no uh, one had a good... Like, Marcus was fouled a couple of times. Every time he went down, I was just like, he's not getting back up. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's going to be a problem because we're just going to keep playing him because I feel he's the only one out of the team that can't really be taken out. Juan bissaka was good. Like, yeah, I feel like
2: him and he dealt with... Who I honestly, at this point, was it Pulisic, Pulisic that he was playing against? Like he did oh, really yeah. well, Reiner and as well, um, and Chilwell, he didn't really let them do anything. Maguire almost not as 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 I can't say his name as, as, as the Quagliata. Well, yeah, he questions. almost knocked the guy out. It was it was lucky he didn't concede a penalty, but other than that, he was pretty. He was okay.
1: Did you see that? I love all the memes. of Yeah, the the hazard, what he did in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh lindelof was apparently the man of the match
0: which i confirmed he was he was, he was okay good. He, was fine. he was fine you know luke Shaw. oh luke Shaw. what about that video uh. of bruno telling luke <laughs> Shaw to overlap and, and him he just, just completely did it. ignored him and i was just like
1: Dip. luke Shaw doesn't want to be a footballer <sighs> there was
2: another mo yeah. like there was another moment where i think it was like the 91st minute and We Pogba got the ball in Chelsea's half and we we were going on a counter-attack. He did a one-two and Pogba was looking for Luke Shaw to pass to and all you just see is Luke Shaw just jog onto the screen. I'm like, it's the 91st minute. It's a nil-nil. Run. Just do it. He's
1: such a frustrating player to watch. I hope he finds a career path that he's happy (laughs) doing because I don't think he's enjoying this. Right. He, like, he legitimately reminds me of, you know that coworker you have who's been at the job for so long and they just don't care anymore so they just show up whenever they want to show up and they do like one or two things and then take like a four-hour lunch. That might just be some of my coworkers, <laughs> but they've checked out like a decade ago and they just don't care anymore. Uh, that's what Luke Shaw reminds me of. Like someone that's just, he'll take his paycheck. Chelsea may have been his last, proper start for the club and he just didn't see because
2: of Tellers, but he just didn't seem like he cared like it wasn't an issue to him that he came on to he did an interview a post-match interview a couple weeks ago saying yes we need to sign more players and the player we signed was his replacement like he talks a lot though (laughs) like every day I see a new quote on
1: United report on Twitter every day he talks way more than he does anything else. Are we going to talk about McFred or are we just going to ignore that situation? <laughs> they were so bad.
0: Yeah, that's all there is to say. It's horrible.
1: I just wrote they were reckless on the ball.
2: Like, they just lost possession a lot. They weren't passing accurately. It was like two different McFreds, but it's two different games and they just should not have started. It
0: was really frustrating because um, Fred kept picking, picking the ball up of Chelsea and then losing it just mm-hmm. right after. It was really frustrating.
1: I think there's a moment there was a moment when Fred gets the ball and he just passes it diagonally like 2 yards and it just it straight to like Jorginho or someone and I'm just like yeah that just sums up the entire mm-hmm. match. It's so weird because 3 days ago they were good and now they back to being McFred. I never want I don't to. want to see them start again like in the
2: Premier League. <laughs> please like there's there's no profile. I don't think apart from like Maybe Liverpool. Like I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like Liverpool, when we literally just want to counterattack because Mane and Salah are going to murder us, like that may be the only game I can see them starting in the league. But if I see them start against Leipzig, like Leipzig. I'm I'm not I don't know a whole lot about them. I just know that their main attacking threat is at Chelsea now. I don't want to see them start at Leipzig. And if I see them start at Arsenal, Arsenal where Arteta plays eleven men behind the ball. If they start against Arsenal, I I'm not watching the game. Like it'll be a waste <laughs> of what 90 minutes plus.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> basically sums it up. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about this game. It was probably the worst thing I've seen. This week, I mean, we I saw the Spurs games. I can't say this season, but it was it's definitely the, worst the thing most boring. Even
2: the Spurs game was a bit more exciting than this because we were losing badly. Like there was a bit more like energy there in the loss, but this was just the most boring draw in the world. Like,
0: <sighs> do you think Oli maybe played it safe considering? His job yeah. is now on the line.
1: I mean, his job is never on the line. Like, I
0: don't know why everyone's, like, freaking out about
1: this, like, after every match. Like, the man he almost whatever he wants. Because, it was three times last
2: season where he, he almost like, got sacked. Three times there rumours he was going to get sacked, and he's still here. He's fine. Like, there's no point in worrying about it. Like, he's he's going to be fine.
0: Yeah.
1: Woodward's not going to sack another manager because his job is on the line if he sacks another manager. So just by that, Ollie's safe. Second, he has the media like wrapped around him because all his old like buddies from whatever the class of ninety two and you know real, well not real anymore but just people in the media are like trying to defend him. They'll find For anyone him. to blame. Of uh, and he's so he's a. Club legend. Were... like people
2: literally were writing like on Twitter. You no, know, no matter the platform, there was threads. There was so many posts about his masterclass at PSG. Everyone went silent yesterday, of course. But he's he's so fine. Like he's Oli Gonzalez. He scored he won us the treble. He'll be fine here. He'll be fine.
1: He's he's keeping his job on the basis of something yeah. he's done 20 years ago. Mm. So it's fine. He's not going anywhere. I don't know why people are so worried. Like he managed and to win two games
2: just... out of the six danger in the danger zone. Like that for me is enough games to know he will not
1: be sacked in November. Like, that's that's the truth. And you could easily just write Spurs off as a one-off, like a freak result, which it might have been a freak result. Like, and the worrying, overall worrying trend with Ollie is a lot bigger than what happened in Spurs because this season's going to be weird. Like, 70. Liverpool lost an hour after I was like 7-2 so there's going to be some weird results this season like they didn't just lose 7-2
2: they they lost 7-2 to a team that would be in the championship right now if goal line
1: tech was working on the last day of the season (laughs) that's how bad that result is yeah but as of yesterday which I'm going to ignore today because today kind of sucks with results Aston Villa were second in the table and Leeds were third and Everton were top of the table like that's some 80 shit they're third at the moment
0: Yeah, Aston Villa are third with a game in hand and then it's Everton, Liverpool same point same games played so yeah. And Leeds are fourth. Yeah. Forgot about that. What
1: a top four, man. (laughs) What a top four. It's like we're back to Division 1 football.
2: Forget the Premier League. The
1: Premier League was never like this We're back to Division 1. Watch Leeds finish in the top four ahead of us and I'm gonna I'm just gonna have to write off this season because that that's insane. They'll probably do better than us though. Like overall, like I don't doubt that they're gonna finish like seventh or sixth, to be honest. Yeah. They've
2: been really this is what good. happens when they have a manager.
0: Yeah.
1: That
2: coaches um, and not yeah. just, you know, tells people to just run and counterattack and hope for the best. I'm sorry, Ollie, but that's what he does.
1: Bielza would be amazing for us. Ancelotti would be amazing for us. Klopp would be amazing for us. Team Who's Aston Villa's manager? Dean <laughs> Smith. Would never mind. I'm not going there. <laughs> I think we should break here. Come back. Finance talk. Oh no.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. money. So, yeah. money. Dollars, dollar bills.
1: Yeah, or the lack of dollars that we have right <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> take it away
1: Liz. Oh, okay. so we're uh, broke like stone cold broke uh I think it's pretty interesting that they waited a full month to release this. They basically just waited for the transfer window to close before releasing it, because obviously everyone would freak out had they released this when they were originally supposed to. Revenue is down more than a hundred million pounds in the last year. And most of it is caused by the pandemic, the closed stadium. Obviously, there's no fans. TV rights are all over the place. And um, I guess the biggest reason would probably be that we were in the Europa League last year, which... We were in the Champions League and then we were in the Europa League. So we lost a lot of money from that. And the pandemic is just going to wreck havoc. Like it's going to get worse. We're going to lose more money, which in its own way, isn't like the biggest issue at hand. The biggest issue is that our cash reserve is absolutely shot. So we lost about 250 million pounds in cash. That's an 83.3% change. We lost a lot of this money because we lost a bit from sponsors. The Chevy deal is like weird right now because they said that they were going to pay whatever they owe us in dollars versus pounds, because I guess the dollar is doing better than the pound right now. I didn't check on that, but, and eventually the Chevy deal is going to run out. So we're going to lose even more money. And United, for some weird reason, decided to pay like accelerated payments on transfers in and out in the past so they're effectively just trying to pay off money for players that they bought without money if that makes sense does that make sense yeah that makes sense basically like they preemptively bought someone say Lukaku and then they have payments left on Lukaku even though Lukaku doesn't pay for us anymore because he's been sold so they did some weird stuff with all of that so basically we have 149 million pounds left to pay to other clubs for purchases that we made on players that in some cases aren't even with us, which the other thing is, I guess, the Jaden Sancho question, which is probably what everyone is most interested about. So as of this report, we have 120 million pound CapEx on transfers for the year. So that means this summer that just passed, the winter, and then the next summer, so summer 2021 transfer window, we have $120 million to spend on all the three windows combined, which we spent Sorry, most- Sorry, does this include we, January as well? This yeah, coming January? Yeah, it includes January. It includes this coming January, summer 2021, and summer 2020. Oh. So we bought Bake, We got Telus. Cavani has it's a free. paycheck. Yeah. yeah, it's free, yeah. but there's yeah. a paycheck associated with them. And the other player that we bought, whose name I don't know, Uh, it starts uh, with a P. Oh, Pellistri. Yes. And um, so uh,
2: the one from Atlanta, uh, um, Amad Diallo. Diallo, yeah. Yeah,
1: he's coming in January, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. So combine all of that, we probably have somewhere in the range of about 50 million pounds to spend, which actually makes a lot of sense because I know a lot of people were like, wait, why are United offering uh, Dortmund 50 million up front and then installments? And it's like, because that's all the money they have. They don't have any more money than that. So that's why they're trying to set up like all of these purchases that they're trying to make with Sancho or someone else. They're trying to set up installments, which most clubs aren't going to take that deal because it's a stupid deal for them. So that's where we're at in terms of our cash reserve. Yeah, questions, comments, (laughs) concerns, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't look good. And then uh, things can change though. Like it's not set in stone. Like if we say we sell someone, we can make money off of that sale and then add it to the cash reserve we have and then we can do it. But if we talk about Sancho in particular, and I'm only talking about Sancho because he's the big name associated with us right now, Yeah, we would need to make about 70 million pounds and who are we selling in the squad that's going to give us 70 million? Pogba. Like, it- Pogba's the only one. Or unless we go like
0: Rashford yeah. maybe. Rashford
2: would be like, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. They
0: but would Pogba, they wouldn't. would. They wouldn't. Yeah. If Pogba so. does I mean, yeah,
2: I don't think he's going to Real Madrid anymore.
0: Mm, yeah, they're a train wreck as well. And,
2: not, and just because like, I feel like the chance for Real Madrid went and honestly, all the rumours with Real Madrid were never like anything other than Pogba and Zidane really like each other. Like I don't think there was ever a rumour where Real Madrid as in Perez like he ever wanted Pogba.
0: No, but never.
1: Wasn't there wasn't there a quote where Perez just like asked who Pogba was? Like yeah, I
2: feel, yeah. in a snide way. Yeah. I honestly think if he but, goes somewhere, it'll be somewhere like PSG.
1: Who are about the only people or only team that can afford Pogba right now, anyways. But I read something
2: so. recently that PSG, they're trying to like they're spot they're funded by the Qataris, right? They're they're trying to like make them financially independent which makes sense if you look at their transfers in the past summer and before that it's been bad for them
1: it's actually very similar to what's going on with City as well they're trying to be financially independent or something after they got hit by UEFA and stuff which makes sense because they bought no one this summer I don't know Ruben Diaz and uh,
2: um, Ferran Torres Ake and yeah so three people They were all around like the 50 mil mark, but each player for like a player around 40 to 50 mil, that's not a lot for an individual player like in this current market. So if
1: no, we bought Van de Beek for forty. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I feel like we're gonna enter a new, I guess, post-COVID stage of football where I don't think a lot of teams are gonna spend a lot of money. So the teams that do spend more are gonna probably have some kind of advantage. I mean, Chelsea spent what three hundred million. But then this they summer? conceded three but- to West Brom. So did they really? Do they have an advantage? Well. Uh, Chelsea, if they had a manager with sense, they would have gotten a new goalkeeper and they probably did. a defender. They did they get a new goalkeeper? Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, okay, they did. Sorry, their new
2: central yeah. defender uh, is Thiago Silva. But what, 34? Yeah, he's, putting, he's a bit on now, but he's been okay. He been, he's been fine for them in the past couple games. I haven't watched them a lot, even yesterday, he was good. But the only time I remember, I think he blocked Cavani's shot. And I just thought it was very poetic. Like they played together for so <laughs> many years. And then
1: guess who blocks Cavani's shot that could have won us the game? Um, so, more numbers. We're currently using 55.79% of our total revenue on staff costs, so salary. So, that is obscene. That's the highest it's been, highest percentage of staff costs to revenue ratio we've had since 2009. And in last week's episode, or like a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how 2009, 2010 was where we were at our worst in terms of our books under the glazers. So we're pretty much at the worst stage that we've been in the last 15 years, which fantastic. And this is all during a global pandemic where we don't have revenue coming in. They increased their revolving debt facility up by 250 million, which is probably more due to caution than anything else but i i could imagine them panicking as well which yeah and i mean debt is isn't a bad thing as long as you have the revenue to comfortably pay for it which we usually do so it's not a big deal they leverage it as a way of financing things and then they'll comfortably pay it back in the future but obviously our net debt also went up, which it went up because our cash reserve went down. Does that make sense? Trying to say is the debt isn't a big deal, but it also sucks that we have four hundred and fifty million or whatever in debt, net debt fifteen years after we originally had this takeover. So and the Glazers are taking home what, twenty two million pounds a year and Woodward's salary is four million and they don't do shit. So yeah, it's a bit unfortunate um the last point of note that i have is that um manchester united they're registered in the cayman islands and they take they took advantage of the uk tax rules due to COVID 19 and they do they delayed paying vat to march 2021 and they have 50 million pounds of vat to pay that they're not going to pay until march which just it's just they're a shady corporation that's basically what i'm coming down to and yeah that's that's what i have i'm just in shock
2: yeah like this can't be the club that was like a couple years ago the most like expense like the most like it the most worth i can't remember the word like the richest club not even in football in the most the richest sports team in the world it's just not possible that this is what you come to
1: i mean it still is like we're not we don't lose our value over this it's just that we don't money money like take Take Barcelona for example. Barcelona are still valued extremely high. They're also absolutely yeah. broke. Like it, and City, for example, aren't valued as highly, but they have a lot of money. Like it, those things kind of come more in terms of our sponsorships and our revenue and all of that. Like our value is still pretty high, but when we're spending half of it on paying salaries to players, like Cavani. What are we giving him? Like 200,000 uh, pounds a, week. a year? A week. like A week, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? A year? Like, like, Luke that's Shaw's an- getting 100K.
2: Pounds. Luke Shaw's the highest paid fullback in the world. Uh, Bill Jones is getting 100K. <laughs> Jesse, I love him, but he's like I think on 120K. He's not made a matchday squad this season. Um, we can go on. Like Romero mm. is being held hostage. Yeah. He's on 100k a week, like, there's a lot of unnecessary wages being spent, but the club seemingly seems to refuse to just get rid of the players. Like, sell them, give them low prices, and there's going to be teams out there who will get them because they're
1: not complete scrubs. Like, they're not horrible, horrible. We we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with this just because, take Phil Jones, for example there was a time that we could have sold him and got money out of him we didn't so now now he's not he's not at the level that any what's a polite way to put this um no one's gonna buy him and he is on 100k a week and he was, no one's given a contract extension like two seasons ago yeah yeah like the first one after Ollie took over yeah it's not his fault it's not Ollie's fault but um, but who's going to pay Phil Jones 100K? Like, the teams that would buy him can't afford 100K a week. Like, it's just not. He's, he would have to go to, like, League One or League Two, and none of those water, clubs are like barely China. above water. And,
0: yeah.
1: like, how are you going to get rid of him? It, it would be like Sanchez, where they basically told Inter that they can have him for free and they'll subsidize some of his salary. Just take yeah. him, please. Like, we can't afford it long
2: term. I don't like. Um, compliment Juventus very often but one thing they did this summer is I think I can't remember who but they just told a couple players like we don't want you anymore, but we can't be bothered to sell you so we're gonna pay off your contract and please leave I honestly think that's what they should do like United just pay Phil Jones's contract off because in the long run it may it you just won't have to pay his wages anymore and he won't be here and you can at least bring someone in his place
1: that that might actually work it's just you know they don't have i don't know if they can do it though like we don't have the kind of money to do it which is is bizarre to which is bizarre to think about because juventus aren't a very wealthy club either but they were able to do it but i i'm assuming they're the players that they paid off are on like lower contracts and the players that we want to pay off i would like some decency from the players to the point where they realize that they're not going to play. Like Jesse, for example. Like,
0: go to the is, like, like, so you're... Romero had the chance to go to Everton, and they didn't let him go. Chris Smalling, like, the thing with Roma, it got dragged out over I don't know how many millions. Like, I'm guessing the players, they're pushing for a move, but it's being blocked somehow. Like, the Romero one does not make sense, especially. he. And then he wasn't even named in the Premier what? League team like come on man can we talk about that i
1: thought that was particularly cruel like um Ali not telling romero and romero finding out via social media like i think that was awful it's a bit evil is
2: the reason like some of the only trophies we've won in the post-alex era i think three of them have been down two of them at least have been down to sergio romero in Mourinho's first season the carabao cup and the europa league Romero was playing all of those games and he won. Like, we won those trophies and yet he's been treated like awful, absolute crap
1: this season. It makes me, like, really sad because he's never said anything or done anything that could even question his, like, loyalty and... He's been such a good servant. I just, I find it very off-putting that the management as a collective whole, because I don't know who I'm going to blame, didn't even bother like doing him a favor. We're supposed to take care of our players. And I don't know, in the last two years, we've been showing every sign that we take care of some of our players, but not all of them. And, you know, that reflects on the manager in, in some ways. Basically, in summary, we're broke and... COVID is going to make everything just a bit worse. And we have about 50 million to spend in the next two windows. Great. That's, so I, I, so if you're expecting and Sancho, please don't expect Jadon Sancho. Don't get your hopes up. Um, Radia, don't get your hopes I up. I
2: drink. Trust, I was saying after the PSG game, I've, I've like given off on Sancho and I moved on to Mbappe, but something tells me
1: that's not happening either. Yeah, that's so much better. Yeah, that's so much better. We can definitely afford for Mbappe. (laughs) I think we should take a break and come back and talk about Leipzig because that's the next game. I'm not prepared at all for Leipzig research I got just dist- I was going to do it this morning and then I got distracted by the teasers for the
0: golden music video so
2: <laughs> I looked at their results this season and they haven't lost the game
0: yeah they haven't lost the game not against <laughs> okay Leverkusen, Wolfsburg I think they're yeah. a good team well,
2: I just the thing is they were good with Werner but then he is at Chelsea now but they without him they didn't Go quite far in the Champions League against quite difficult comp- competition. Did they knock out City
1: or was that Leon?
2: I can't remember.
1: Leon. I mean, they held their own against PS. Yeah, they for just they lost a, a last minute winner. Yeah, Arsenal. They're
2: okay. It's just it's been been okay very season, I think. boring to watch them. If that's it's just they. I think Arteta knows that he doesn't have the personnel to play. He doesn't have that creative person in the midfield, so they just playing very much as 10 people behind the ball and hoping for the best. And mm-hmm. But they have party now. They have party. Right. I don't know anything about him except that he was, he's, he's in, cool. he, I and... The few Atletico Madrid games that I've seen, he, especially in the like, Champions League, like against Liverpool, for example, he was insane, home and away. Like, he was in, he's a complete, like, he is, he would have been perfect for us. i just, I'm so jealous of all these signings. He would have been so good for us. You know how we talk about, like, if Matic if we could take Matic back five years, he would have been like the best player who been perfect for our midfield, that's party. But Arsenal got him
1: instead. I mean, they they definitely need him chaos. because their defense is and that's coming from Manchester chaos. United. Like, fans. At the very least, for us, we could say our defense at their worst are probably like a five. They're consistently around a five-six mark. David Luis is putting in like a one out of ten or a nine out of ten and nothing in between. And that's just in general like arsenal's defense is either a train wreck or they're like very good because yeah. i guess pieces fall into place and on a given day and they're just good but i don't know what to expect from this match like leipzig i, I we could lose or we could win and it doesn't really matter that much to me because i don't really think at we'll home, beat yeah. paris away or paris at home uh, yeah i'm sure we'll beat assemble so like whatever happens, happens and we'll get through or we don't get through. But like Arsenal, we can't afford another loss like before the first month of the season is done.
2: Yeah.
1: Or whatever, we're in the second month. Like we can't have another loss. I
2: think the main problem with Arsenal is it's really unpredictable because like, Pepe, for example, he didn't score for months and then he scored against us. Like I know something like that's gonna happen again. Like I can just feel it in my bones. It's just what it is with us, isn't it? But I just hope that Ollie doesn't go with what he did against Chelsea because Arsenal have a quite defensive midfield and if we play McFred in that midfield again, like we're not gonna nothing's gonna like it's gonna be the same, nothing's gonna happen. But one thing will happen is we're going to have a Harry Maguire or Victor Lindelof mistake and then Young is going to score and then we're just going to be depressed for another weekend until Everton
1: murder us brutally. So, so far this season, Arsenal beat Fulham. They beat West Ham. They beat Leicester in the League Cup. They lost to Liverpool. They then beat Liverpool in the League Cup. Then they beat Sheffield United. They lost to City. They beat Rapid Vienna in the Europa League and the game against Western League just started. So we have that information. We'll, we'll have that information later. But I'd say they, the way this looks overall is that they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat and yeah, losing the teams be a that team they're, supposed they're supposed to lose to. Beat or a team
2: they're supposed to lose to. Like what do is Manchester... Who knows?
1: <laughs> I mean, we're 15th right now. So technically we're probably a team that they're supposed I feel to beat. Like we're we're not having a good season. I'd assume Arsenal will probably. The thing is, like if Fred and McTominay start, yeah, we're not going to
2: break and down. And Fred and McTominay are not all. going like to be able happening. to not to bring party up again. Like he's a much better player than both of them, so they you know, they won't win the midfield battle that way either they won't provide creativity they're just gonna be two people on the pitch just running might as
0: well throw in Pogba, Van de Beek and Bruno and just see what happens yeah
1: just do it oh yeah I said for like PSG I was just like you know what we should have just thrown on like Van de Beek, Bruno and Pogba because we're gonna lose anyways might as well just have fun with it that's how I see every game I know that there's some balance we have to hit but I'd rather just Play our good players and just, like, have them figure it out. One thing like, I thought is we do
2: really do lack um, forwards. Like, I honestly think we have, like, four. Like, four on a good day. And for Arsenal, we won't have Martial because he's still suspended. So why don't we play a midfield diamond with split strikers? Because then we can have Bruno, Pogba and Van Beek all on the same pitch. And, like, a Matic to add a bit more balance. And then maybe they'll just have fun. We may lose, but... I feel like that way we can at least see some good football. It also limits the need for Daniel James to be anywhere near the pitch. I'm sorry Daniel James, you won't hear this, but um, <laughs> just it just can't he just can't play against Arsenal. I just it's just not gonna be a good match.
1: If we watch him going up and no, down no. the left wing. So predictions. What do we think is the score for Leipzig? And what do we think is the score for Arsenal?
0: I'm going to go 1-0 for us against Leipzig. A 1-0 no loss to Arsenal. I'm going to go
2: with 1-1 one, one to Leipzig. So draw. Right and then a 1-0 loss to Arsenal. I can feel like a sacker like Weldy or something.
1: <laughs> wow. Should I balance this out? No, I think it's gonna be a one-one draw to Leipzig and a one-one draw to it's Arsenal. A boring I don't week. Think we're gonna win either of
0: them. I'm not emotionally prepared to watch it. Thank you guys for joining us. Next week we'll be covering the Leipzig and Arsenal games. Follow us on our socials. We're on Insta and Twitter at MissUnitedPod. Uh, and also, a huge thank you to Radio for joining us this week on the show. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Great. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.